Hello and welcome to the Amanda Perry podcast, a weekly memo from my brain to yours. 20 minute brain slurp to listen to on your commute or run or while you're having a bath because honestly, who has an hour? Definitely not me. So the idea is a little bit from me and then a load from you. Every week I'll be asking for your questions on Instagram and I'll answer them on here giving you a little shout out along the way. Welcome back to episode six. Thank you for joining me again. I hope you enjoyed last week's. Um, slight apologies about the sound quality. We kind of did it on the fly in work. I was in the office and said to Emily, hey, wouldn't it be great if we recorded a podcast together and you could talk all about ads in the run up to Q4? And I kind of had to get her to do it there and then before she changed her mind. So <laughs> we had quite an echoey office, so I'm sorry about that. I hope you all got some good value out of it, though. I know I had some some lovely messages, so thank you to those who did listen. So this week, I want to talk to you about something that a lot of you contact me about. And I feel like I, feel like I talk about this subject quite a lot, but I probably... Um, stop just before I get to the interesting bit for a variety of reasons um, and I guess today is the day where I should start talking about this stuff a bit more. So a few of you have got in touch with me this week asking about failure in business and I actually did I did a live in Kerry Jarvis's group. If you don't follow Kerry on Instagram make sure you do. She's absolutely brilliant talks about women reclaiming their audacity and how dare she and she's just absolutely brilliant so I went and spoke to her uh, group about failure in business and resilience and bouncing back and all that kind of stuff which I'm I'm really uh passionate maybe the wrong word but I'm very I I really I love the subject because I feel like people are so afraid of failure and I've been through a, a massive, massive, massive business failure, which was very public, certainly locally. It was all over the papers. It was everyone was I felt like everyone was talking about it. There was huge, huge repercussions. So about 15 years ago, I started a business. It was a very different business. It was a food business. My background is I was a chef and a pastry chef. So I, I started a cake company and it did really, really well. And we made a lot of money in terms of turnover. We hit a million pounds in like, I think it was like the third year of trading or something once I had the shops. Um, so it was a real success story, a real local success story. <laughs> and you know what happens with a local success story? They just love it when it fails. So when the wheels finally fell off, and this was after I had seven shops, I had 100 staff at one point. It was it was a big old business. And so when the wheels fell off, it was absolutely devastating and it was very public and the, the papers that had put me over all over the front pages in the beginning talk about talking about how amazing I was were very 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 quick to put me all over the front pages of the paper saying what a failure I was and how useless I was and there was comments online and there was all sorts of nasty stuff and it was a really really horrible time and I ended up bankrupt and if you ever thought about going into a cake business the last thing you would expect from these little cute cupcakes is to come out of it bankrupt. So 
it was a really horrible time. There was a lot of repercussions, both personally and um, professionally and, you know, in all senses of in all senses of it. So I felt like an absolute failure. There were some very, very, very dark times indeed. Um, and it took me a long, long time to recover. I think the judgment of or that sense of judgment from people around me and my family and you know there was some there was some pretty intense repercussions from it i guess the thing that interests me about it is and i read an article on this a while ago but it's this idea that while we're in that messy middle bit we can't like we say that we celebrate failure and we say particularly in businesses like in in startup and in tech and stuff and you know, um, big businesses or have it splashed across the wall, like fail fast and all this kind of thing. But but do we really? Well, I can tell you we don't really. We don't while we're in the middle. So if you imagine this kind of, you know, like dropping off a cliff and then coming back up the other side, while we're at the bottom of that, that cliff or canyon or whatever you're imagining, it's really difficult to talk about failure. No one wants to hear why you're actually in it. And whether that's a personal failure, whether it's, I don't know, I'm saying failure with with air quotes on it. I'm not suggesting that any of these things are a failure, but when we're going through them, I know that we can feel like it. So that could be like divorce or, um, you know, if you've done something that's that's uh, landed you in some kind of trouble or something or bankruptcy, business failure, all that kind of stuff. While we're at the bottom of that that pit, no one wants to hear about that. There was there was no one like when I looked around the friends that I had, um, the people that had been around me when times were good. There was a very, very small percentage of them left when times were bad. And I can tell you that with my hand on my heart and it's it's really sad. But I always laugh about it with Steve. It's like, my husband, you, you kind of look around, you're like, guys, guys, where, oh, oh, everyone's gone. Like, where's everyone gone? This is when I need you the most. And then when times are good again, of course, everyone wants to know. So it's a really, it's a really difficult thing to manage. And I'm sure everyone can relate on some level. It might be, it might not be, as severe as bankruptcy but I'm sure everyone can relate on some level where they've gone through some tough times and while you're going through those tough times it's really really difficult to talk about them it's only when you come out the other side that and maybe a a part of it is that that's when you want to talk about it that's when you feel comfortable talking about it but certainly people love that kind of full loop of the story like things were good then they were really shit then they were really good again and and there's there's so much around this like I've been reading recently about my sister was talking to me about um I think we're all really familiar with post post-traumatic stress disorder but she was talking to me about post-traumatic growth where you kind of have your normal level of life and then you experience this this trauma this failure and it and believe me it was it was traumatic and then you find your resilience through that and you actually um you actually grow past where you your sort of normal was before and i feel like that's certainly something that i could really relate to and i kind of reading about it i was like wow i didn't even know this was a thing so 
for anyone who's just gone, oh my God, like I, I really recommend you go and read about it. I think some people go through a traumatic experience and kind of stay down there or come up a little bit, come up near to where their kind of normal was before. But there are certainly a small amount of people who really use that to propel them forward. And it's this idea about resilience and someone I do a lot of work with always introduces me as like um, having bounce back ability and it's that idea that you really are resilient and and during those kind of wilderness years I remember lots of people like family and a lot of people saying to me are you gonna go and get a job do you think you should just go and get a job (laughs) maybe now's the time to go and get a job and I was like no I'm not gonna get a job this I am no I'm I'm completely unemployable I am not going to go and get a job and it took a while you know and this is when I had a couple of years probably I would say yeah a couple of years it's really hard to remember that time it was really difficult and I was on very very strong medication which I had a real difficult time coming off it was a really strong um like anti-anxiety antidepressant which was absolutely horrific but I don't honestly know if I'd be here if I hadn't taken it. Truth, truth bomb. And so coming off that was really difficult, but it's really, it's made it really hard for me to remember kind of the details around that time. But I do know that once I'd kind of come off the medication, really got my shit together and started to think about, okay, come on, what is it I'm going to do? And during that time, like <laughs> we were I mean I was like buying furniture off Gumtree and selling it to local restaurants and I was doing all sorts of stuff just to try and make some money we did some I, I I'd I'd sold the business I'd sold the kind of IP of the business and in contractual contractually I couldn't operate within that area in the local um you know in and around Sheffield so I um we did a few like markets in Manchester and stuff where I was still making cakes because it was just kind of what I knew so that's how we were like getting by and living it was really really stressful at the time there was uh, there was a lot of stress in my life um and then when I kind of started to get my mind together and think okay what is it I'm going to do? I started think, to think back to all the good stuff that I had in the cake business, like the the recipes and the, the product. The product was amazing and the creativity in it and all the bad stuff that I didn't definitely didn't want to take forward. So the high high staff wages, the rents, the re- business rates, the with having brick and mortar stores, a lot of the overheads were were fixed costs like rent and rates. And that's why we really struggled to make any actual profit in it because it was just so it was just so cash intense as a business. So I really started to think about all the things that I loved about the business and all the things that I I now knew, the lessons that I'd learned and the things I now knew I definitely do not want to do again. And that was, yeah, as I say, high staff costs, rent rates. So I started to think about this concept of, you know, selling online. I was really starting to get into the online space and really starting to understand the power of digital marketing. So I created a a subscription baking kit and I sold this baking kit and it did really well and it was great and it was a lot of fun and that's when I really started to learn about ads and how to drive traffic and how to build businesses and how to think like an e-com brand and it's 
it's completely different to a brick and mortar store where you're just it's about driving footfall online it's about driving traffic and the thing is about driving traffic online is that you have this byproduct of that which is actually the product which is the data i don't know if any of you saw last week that um gymshark was valued at a billion pounds billion dollars billion pounds i think it was which is absolutely incredible. They haven't been going for very long. Started in his garage, rah, 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 the usual kind of story, but it's absolutely amazing. And the um, their analytics guy, I was reading an article he put out on LinkedIn, and he was saying the reason that they've been able to get that far is because they understand the value of data. They understand that data is more valuable than oil. It's the most valuable asset you have in your business. And they really, really understand that. And it's that that idea of thinking like an e-com brand that I really had to switch my thinking to when I started up my baking kit subscription box. And I made a ton of mistakes. Oh my God, I made so many mistakes. There was some very angry customers when some food coloring split and oh, it was, it was, it, I can't say it was done well. (laughs) I mean, we got there, but in the early days, there were some very, very rookie errors that I made as we were trying to find our feet. And so I built up the subscriber base through Facebook ads and through really starting to understand the value of data and how you can increase that lifetime value of a customer by having their data and remarketing to them and that's where we found real success with that I also had a a offshot company from that which was so I ended up selling the baking kit subscription box to what is now the Honeywell Biscuit Co which was Honeywell Bakes who make those gorgeous gorgeous cookies we use them now when uh, when we get a new client on we always send them a box of their cookies and uh, they're absolutely brilliant and they're doing amazing things with the box honestly if you want a gift for anyone they do the so we eventually developed it to an adult's a kid's baking box and a bread baking box as well and they they still do all three and they've done a brilliant job it looks so much better than mine ever did um and I also had an offshore chocolate company which is the slab which I sold to Holly who is also doing a phenomenal job and has grown it massively and it just absolutely fills me with pride to see what they've both done with them I just love it I love the fact that it after after the sale of the first business which was uh, not a great experience selling the these two um econ businesses where I'm still you know I say involved I mean involved as in friends with them and kind of you know find out how it's going and stuff is just really lovely and to see how well they've done with them is a real a real thrill so selling those was really a case of I'd kind of got to the point where I'd grown particularly the box I'd grown the box through using digital marketing tactics and you know what it's like on online and on Facebook where if people see that you're doing well they'll start to ask you know how are you doing this how are you growing so fast and how are you doing and and so it kind of got to the point where people wanted me to um, help them or consult or or even run their ads for them. And so I was left in this dilemma where I was like, well, I could either do this thing that I really love for people and and get paid to kind of sit in my laptop or I can sit with my team spooning sugar and flour into a bag and then heat sealing it and sending it out for a tenner a time and 
and doing this thing that I I'd actually kind of grown to hate to hate the whole it was the the fact that we were manufacturing and fulfillment and everything actually by that point we had got a fulfillment house but that was getting quite costly so so I was kind of in this dilemma of okay what do I do and started to explore my options and and decided I was going to sell the businesses and that's kind of what brings me up to the modern day with I mean that was what three years ago maybe um so I had a year or so of doing freelance stuff and then well look at yeah probably 18 months of doing freelance stuff and working out what this looks like how, what this digital marketing looks like how am I going to offer it and started doing a few workshops and courses and stuff and now today I have a team of well we went into lockdown with six of us we've come out with 16 of us we'll do well over a million this year in the agency and we've got I've also got like the hub and coaching clients in the accelerator so I guess my message is that if you are going through A, if you're going through anything like I went through, please, please get in touch because I will always make time to talk to you. I think when I was going through it, I was scouring. When I say scouring, if you've got like that image of Cruella de Vil when she's driving with the eyes wide open, that was kind of what it looked like. Scouring the internet to try and find someone who someone who was had gone through what I'd gone through. And all I could find, and I really wanted to find a woman who had kind of found herself in this position where the only option was bankruptcy and not through some kind of clever, you know, business tactic or or uh, manipulation or something. It was just like, wow, I've really got myself into a mess here. This is the only option. And all I could find was stories of, you know, rich billionaires who'd who'd gone bankrupt because they knew that they could and they could write off that debt and whatever that was you know it was a it's a very very um bleak kind of area of business that once you start looking into it's it's not going to make you feel any better so that's the first thing if anyone's going through anything like this please get in touch and I'd be really happy to talk to you and 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 if you're not going through something like that but you are going through some kind of failure I guess I just really want you to know that things do get better and it makes me quite emotional to think that the person I was when I went through all this if I knew that I would be sitting here telling you this and how how great my life is now uh, I don't I don't think I would have believed myself. I don't think I would have believed it. I, I had to keep that belief. I had to keep the belief that something was going to happen and something was going to get better and my life would improve somehow. But if I realised, I said to my husband a while ago, if would you because we've we got together (laughs) we got together when things were just starting to fall apart so like poor Steve he's literally got the patience of a saint but I remember saying to him um would you like looking back would you still go through all of that if you knew what was waiting on the other side like if you knew how good it was going to get eventually would you still go through all that and he's like we're very opposite in our kind of 
risk, you know, risk averseness or risk takingness. Um, and he just looked at me and he was like, Do you know what? There's a lot to be said for normal. And I was like, Yeah, but look at everything. I think it's that idea, isn't it, of do you take the the real lows to get the real highs, or are you just happy to have that kind of flat normal life? And neither's neither's good or bad is it it's just life has a funny way of oh I sound like Alanis Morissette don't I life has a funny way of working out that's that's all I'm gonna say and however much you can't believe that where you know the the position that you're in now and um I'll say it again if you are in that position please 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 get in touch with me come and um like DM me on Instagram or send me an email or something like please get in touch because my god I know how desperately lonely it is and the other thing is if you can see on the horizon that you've got trouble ahead there are solutions there are ways of getting this sorted out that aren't necessarily bankruptcy or anything nasty like that but there are ways of getting this sorted out I think the worst thing and and the whole mess around this was a lot of financial things that we had to get sorted out and there's a lot of like we um we used a, a charity called Step Change who were really really helpful and brilliant and helped talk us through everything and get stuff sorted out um and and however bad it seems I promise you that it will be okay I just promise you it'll be okay and that you've got the strength to make it okay the flip side of it is people that I speak to who don't want to put themselves out there and don't want to maybe even start a business or don't want to leave their secure job and I say secure again in air quotes because what is really what is a secure job right now um, because of that fear of failure and I think Although I said at the beginning, you know, we don't really celebrate failure and we definitely don't until you've you've made it good again, then it's all right, then we want to hear about it. There's there's really nothing to fear about failure. It's really just a lesson. And I think as long as we take it as the lesson that it is. So the things I learned from I I I can't look back on that time and be proud. Like I still feel an intense um sense of like shame and a lot of guilt around it and it was really horrible for a lot of people involved and I really I I hold that you know I really hold that if anyone's listening that was part of that time believe me like it still weighs on me but I think if you can learn from the experience that you've gone through and use it to make yourself, you know, a better person, a better business person, have a better business, go on to be able to help people and advise people so that they don't go through the same thing, then surely that's that's all we can do, isn't it? We all make mistakes. We all learn if we're gonna if we're the kind of people which we are as entrepreneurs business people whatever we um associate you know identify as if we are going to take these risks we have to be prepared to to accept the fact that we might fail at some point along the way and if we aren't going to take the risks as with my conversation with Steve then maybe we have to accept that we're going to have a fairly kind of normal life and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the normal life either but we can't yearn for the you know the riches and the success and the trappings that go with that kind of life 
and fear failure. I think if we are going to have aspirations and have, you know, whatever it is, a, a yacht or a big house or even a nice car on that, clear on that vision board, then we have to be prepared to do the things to get it, don't we? And I think a lot of the small businesses that I speak to really, really want that stuff. But there's that fear of what what is it going to take for me to get it? And what do I have to do to get it? Because actually, like my kids still need tea at five o'clock. I've still got to cook the fish fingers, you know? And there's that real fear, isn't there, of I can't lose my house. And I think that's a, it's a really interesting point when I speak to people about how I recovered. I don't have kids. I didn't have, I was in a rented, uh, well, actually I wasn't in a rented house. I did lose, I lost my um, first house as part of the bankruptcy. Um, but after that, you know, I was in, I was in rented houses. I could take the risks. It wasn't, um, it just wasn't the, the, the risks weren't as big to me as at the time, I guess, because I didn't have that consideration. And I know that isn't the case for a lot of people. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I would love to have kids. (laughs) So don't think I'm saying like, oh, lucky me, I don't have kids. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. But I, but I'm, I'm recognizing that it's different when you, when you don't have children, you don't have that kind of responsibility, I guess. I guess I was fairly, uh responsibility free in terms of okay like it's me taking the hit I'll take the hit and if Steve sticks around he does and like the the crazy man that he is he did (laughs) and he's still here nine years later but um so so that's it in a nutshell I think that is you know that's my experience of business and I think if I can leave you with anything it's just just to reiterate that if you are going through this please please get in touch if it's if it's the fear of going through anything like this that is stopping getting you started you're literally never gonna know are you you'll never know like I always go by it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission you know and it's easier to go back and go okay, like correct the little bits that you got wrong, then kind of preempt them and kind of think, oh, I don't know, I don't know, what if I do that? And then, and and I guess the, the sort of caveat for all this is we're all different, aren't we? We all have a different appetite for risk. We all have different responsibilities. We all have a different history, you know? Maybe some of you have had, like, had parents that went bankrupt and the thought of it was just you know um really traumatic it was a really traumatic time and the thought of it is just absolutely I cannot go anywhere near that please be assured like bankruptcy is like the last 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 option you know it was it was bad it was really bad and it was bad because the wheels had come off and there was no control in the business and I'd lost my mind and there was a whole load of reasons why it was bad you know we're not talking I'm I'm fairly confident that 90% of you listening aren't looking at building up those kind of debts in a business and getting yourself into that kind of position I think my attitude now is very much I've learned from my mistakes and I wouldn't say I was risk averse now (laughs) I still take a lot of risks but I take very very calculated risks and the the thing that I learned that I that has made the biggest difference in this business is to get the structure in place. The thing I never had in my first business was any kind of structure. 
And so to get the structure and processes in place in this business, so we know exactly what our, our financials look like, exactly what our processes look like, exactly what our growth looks like. And that for me is the most important thing. So I think learning from your mistakes is so important. So please, if you're going through this, um, do get in touch. Really happy to talk to you about it. Please don't let the fear of failure put you off. If you find yourself in a position where it does, maybe take the idea and just break it down into real baby steps and just do a little bit and think, okay, that wasn't so bad. Then do the next bit, then do the next bit. Also, like, talk to someone. I've been talking about this a lot this week. I know there's a bit of an eye roll, isn't there, when people talk about coaching, but for me, I just think, like, what an amazing time to be alive that you can literally pay someone that's been through exactly what you are going through right now whether that's that you're looking to grow or you're looking to set up I don't know whatever it is there's someone out there that's done it that you can literally just pay to to talk you through and help you through exactly how they did it so talk to someone if you're looking to set up a business and you're in a position to invest I would highly recommend finding a coach that can help you with that and that's it really that is my story I haven't really told it in any great detail before and I'm sure there were still some details missing there's still some bits that I don't really want to open the box on but you know that's the broad story of my business failure and how I bounced back and how I came back to have uh, what I would honestly class now as a successful business um, I've never been happier my life is like absolutely brilliant and I'm just really really grateful for every day so thank you for listening I hope you got something from that I went a little bit over my allocated 20 minutes didn't I but um, it's important to get all the details in isn't it I hope you have a really good week thank you for listening if you enjoyed it please go back there's there's a couple of um, series we don't say series anymore do we seasons of the podcast taking on kind of different guises so if this is the first one you found go back and feel free to binge the rest if you've enjoyed it I'd love it if you subscribed it really helps for people to find us if you really enjoyed it I would love a review the reviews make a huge difference um, to how the podcast performs and how many people get to uh, access it and if you know someone that would benefit from this please do pass it on to them I would love for them to hear it as well thanks for joining me have a great week and I will speak to you next week. Yeah.